Hello, my name's James Pikeway, and we're just about ready to dive into catching up. I've got to tell you, we're going to be talking with Dr. Natalia, and this is going to be a great conversation. I know because we've already done it and it's coming, but I just want to let you in on a little bit of a funny, the fact that, you know, it took me forever to pronounce her name correctly, Dr. Natalia. But then, of course, I pronounced her last name completely incorrect. She's a German national, yet I pronounced her name in Polish. Ah, Well, maybe that's because she does have Polish background. Anyway, you're going to love it. Coming up right now, catching up with Dr. Natalia. Hello, my name's James Pikeway. Welcome to Catching Up on Potaholics. And today, this is going to be a lot of fun because I'm talking to Dr. Natalie Wachowski. And we are going to dive into everything from personal branding because she is an expert in this. LinkedIn, she's an evangelist. And hold on, not only that, according to experts out there, she's the Middle East's leading edutainer. Who am I talking to? Dr. Dr. Natalie, great to have you here today. <laughs> Thank you so much, James. I've been so looking forward to this conversation because you are, you're, you're, you're like fresh energy. Your color, you're, you're authentic, and I'm like a finally crazy, a crazy person as I am. So you know what? I, and I, I was going back over this because we, we hooked up on LinkedIn, and mm-hmm. and we started talking about a week ago, saying how come we haven't gotten together? And then I have my whole story of why I started doing catching up again. COVID really was that push to say. Why am I not talking to these people that I wanted to have a chat with for a long time or people that I've been talking to over the years who I just haven't caught up with and lost track with? And then I, we were we were having this conversation trying to figure out when was it that we did start talking because it was a few years ago. And mm-hmm. I remember that I saw you on LinkedIn doing your thing and I do host Creative Mornings here in Dubai and I wanted you to come to Creative Mornings and ultimately I wanted you to speak. So I wanted you to come, then I wanted you to also speak at it. And it just never worked out. And I said, so why aren't we talking anyway? <laughs> right? Like sometimes there's life and there's excuses and whatever. But I think you recently tagged me in a post when you talked about keynotes or, yeah. or speaking, ta- public speaking. Or videos or whatever. Public speaking. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Public speaking. And I thought... Oh gosh, James, damn, <laughs> I never, never reached out to you. So I sent you a voice note. It's like, hey, let's catch up. Let's, yeah. let's do this, finally. Yeah. Well, I, w- I wanted to jump into things because, you know, as I said, everything that I said in our, our little intro is is you. And every time I'm watching the videos you're doing on LinkedIn and you're talking about people, how to be authentic, to be themselves and how to get out there and, and how to really get over that fear of, oh, I'm not good enough. Or what if I do it? And what if it doesn't work? And, and your, your whole thing is just get out there and do it. How did you get started in this? Because, you know, hey, look, you've got a PhD in sociology. You you had a great career going. I mean, spectacular career growing, going. And then you sort of said, I'm miserable. And you you literally took that sabbatical. You took nine months to just sort of figure it out. And you came back and really got started doing what you're doing. And it has just been this fantastic, fantastic leap. So, tell me how it all happened. How did it all happen? So, I'm a German and I'm a social scientist, as you said, and I lived my whole life in the belief that I need to please others. I need to listen to the advice of older, mature people. And my job is to make people around me happy. And that worked out pretty well until the age of 29, as you said. So I left Germany at the age of 23 when I finished my studies. I first worked in Al Ain for the Abu Dhabi Education Council for three and a half years. Realized, okay, cool. Nah, I liked it, but it's not really what I want to do, which has nothing to do with you guys, but with me, because I need to figure out who I am. So I changed from working for the government to private economy, moved to Dubai, worked in Dubai for two and a half years. And as you said, everything was amazing. On paper, fantastic. I mean, my team and I, we were on the cover of the leading magazines. We won excellence awards all over the Middle East. I had a fancy sports car. I was going to brunches. I was on the boat. I had shoes. I was living the dream on paper. But I realized I'm not happy 
none of this makes sense. I feel miserable. And if, if all of that, what I have and achieved right now is what it's all about in life, if this is success, if this is like the ultimate thing, then, then we're stupid. Or I just don't want to be amongst these human beings. Like, I don't know. I just, I didn't make sense. I literally felt like a wasted resource. And uh, to cut a long story short, um, my physical health also went down the drain because I believe that my soul was like, eh, eh, <laughs> up there, eh, listen, this is not why you're born. Follow your passion. It's like, psh, psh, psh. you're losing your mind. Whatever there is inside, you're just crazy. Just forget it. I'm not listening to you. Um, but eventually the pain was ridiculous. I ended up in hospital twice per, per month. No doctor could figure out what it was. So I quit my job went on a sabbatical, locked myself away for nine months, literally gave my best to unlearn everything that I've ever thought I knew or thought I understood, started meditating, created a list with all the things I always wanted to do and failed myself, experimented myself up to the person that I am today. And I realized that the perfect job, the perfect life, the perfect career doesn't exist unless you design it. And that was such a game changer. And yeah, I mean, it took me five, six years to get to where I am today, but all the pain, all the discomfort, all the my goodness, journeys and, and, and miserable moments were so worth it because change is messy. And everybody that I know who is super happy and content, like deeply content, not like happy, let's buy something, but content, the soul is like, yeah, man, went through that terrible moment. And well, here I am. So in that nine month period, at what point in it, did you start to realize, okay, this is where I really need to be going in this direction of towards what you're doing now? And of course, nothing's easy. If we listen to Gary Vee, and I know you're a big Gary Vee fan, you listen to Gary Vee, nothing is easy. And there are so many people who are out there. And I kind of take Gary Vee. I don't know if, do you know, do you know Hugh McLeod from Hugh Cards? Mm-hmm. Uh, his his big thing, Hugh McLeod, great guy. You got to look him up. But Hugh okay. McLeod does business card art. That's how he kind of started his whole career. And he's, he's very, uh, he's very cutting in his, his statements. And so it it all really kind of started for him as an artist where he noticed that on the back of business cards, they were usually blank. And so he, he started designing artwork on the back of them and his, his big thing in his book that he put out and it took him a long, he he ended up, you know, getting published by a big publisher at some point, but he, he held back for many, many years until he found the right people and the right people approach him. Ignore everyone. That's his big statement. Ignore everyone and just do your thing at what point in your nine month sabbatical did you realize you'd ignore you started ignoring people who are saying what are you doing natalie you've got this great career you're doing so well you know and but your future and and what about what's next and hold on we can retool things because you know that i know that's what they were saying at what point did you realize no this is what I really want to do. And everything that I've amassed in my education, in my experience is going to help me. At what point did that happen? So first of all, when I decided to go on that sabbatical, I I literally kicked out 85%, 90% of people out of my life. Wow. Yeah, because I realized that you are shaped and formed by your social environment, by the mm. people that you spend time with, by, by, by the company that you work at, the places you go to, the music you listen to, the food that you eat, the books that you read, the, the stuff that you listen to on, on social media, on the radio, etc. So I said, I believe I'm incredibly fragile and incredibly ignorant at the moment and terrified. So when I do all of this, this painful digging work, I'll be super vulnerable. I'll be crying. And I don't want any external influence to touch me or to have an impact on me because that could flip everything. Mm. It's, it's like, imagine you're doing a hardcore um, marathon and it's already painful and you're doing it for the first time. And then somebody's like, hey, take these 20 kg. So this is this was the metaphor that I had in my head. This is why I said, you know, everybody with all my respect, I'm going through an early life crisis. Please go away. Once I am through this, I will reach out to you. And, you know, maybe we'll stay in contact. Maybe not because I will massively change. So people understood that. And I believe it was maybe 
maybe three, four months in when I realized, wow, so the power lies in being myself. And I'm like, mm. but who am I? What does that actually mean? And I realized when I reflected on a lot of conversations that I had with my friends that I was this person who was always obsessed with learning and growing and developing and optimizing and, and there's more and let's question it and let's, let's be curious, let's be childlike, let's go out there, explore. So I realized I need an outlet to express that. If I don't share that with somebody, I just turn nuts. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, but how, what? And then I learned that there's this thing called blogging. It's like, ooh. Ooh, blogging let's see what that is so um i realized okay i need a blog and uh, i read everything that i could find about wordpress and whatever and started writing mm -hmm. and um yeah published my blog in 2015 and literally started with sharing my stories with with my lessons learned with my insecurities with my insights everything that helped me because I believe that if that idea or thought had such a big impact on my life, it might also help another person. And all of these big gurus out there say, this is what it's all about. Yeah. Share your wisdom, share your challenges, because through that, through showing your real face, through showing your real character that you will develop along the way, you will attract your ideal clients. And then, you know, step by step, it worked. People were like, wow, this is cool. Tell me more about that. Oh, Natalia, so good in writing. Teach me about writing. Natalia, you know so much about LinkedIn. Teach me about LinkedIn. And I said yes to every opportunity. And, um, you know, until one day, it just got crystal clear. But I never had this idea or the sky opened. And then, you know, a unicorn or muse came down. like, Natalia, <laughs> you need to be a public speaker and the LinkedIn unicorn. No, it was literally saying yes to everything and always giving myself an honest feedback. Do I like it? Yes or no. Why do I like it? Why is it that I don't like it? And it's like I literally wrote everything down and had like regularly checked in and had a look. Okay, modeling, uh, not so much. Writing, uh, not so much. Uh, working for an agency, mm, being a freelancer, nah. You know, just do it by trying, mm. by testing. This is the only way how you figure out who you truly are and what you want to do. Do you, do you remember the point when you started down the Think Natalie route, when it sort of started to crystallize a little bit, when you, you were putting down your blog, when you were creating that content, and somebody was touched enough by it and came back to you and said, Natalie, you've helped me. Do you remember? Yeah, so that was funny. Like the, the blog was out for maybe less than a year. And then a friend approached me and said, you know, I've, I've seen you change your life and it was amazing. But you know that people don't read so much. Like you need mm. a stage. You need to go out there. You need to share your story. And I said, whoa, 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 I'm German. I cannot speak in full sentences. I have a terrible accent. You want me to speak to people on a stage? Forget it. No, I'm not going to do that. But he's like, come on, just give it a try. And he introduced me to Toastmasters International. So I joined a club here in Dubai and literally in the first session, they that's something that that they never tell you but it's the same worldwide so if you go to a toastmasters international meeting listen to me okay so natalia's so giving us the do? inside scoop on toastmasters exactly. okay i'm listening exactly. i'm listening <laughs> so they will force you on the stage and they will ask you to deliver a one minute impromptu speech about the topic that you just learn about when you're on the stage in right. front of 20 people 30 people four people whatever okay and um so I was walking up that stage when I heard my name and I was shivering, I was sweating. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Oh, I can't breathe. Oh my God, I'm blushing. This is terrible. Whatever. And I realized, okay, I have two options. I can look like an idiot uh, or because I don't want to be here and I just don't know. And I just, I just don't, it's terrible. Just get me out of here. Please, floor, open, whatever. You know, God, send the thunder. Let me die. Something like that. Or... I could make a fool out of myself on purpose and make people laugh um, because of me, not, not about me, but with me to, to, to elevate the energy to the next level. Because I used to be a dancer for over 10 years. I'm a, I'm a, 
like a clown or like a firecracker <laughs> anyway. Like my whole family is a bit gaga. Uh, so I realized, you know what? Let me be that person that I am in front of my family. And when I got the uh, the the topic selfies, I'm like, <laughs> let's do this. And uh, like literally within less than. 20 seconds the whole room was laughing people who were worried before that people who who had problems with their boss people who who whatever had their own insecurities and their own challenges and i was standing on that stage and seeing everybody like i I saw their teeth and i saw their belly moving and, and the whole body language was like wow this is incredible. The, the power of speech, the power of edutainment is insane. I can literally make people feel good by sharing my knowledge, but also making a fool out of myself. And this was the moment when I decided, you know what, I go all in. I need to perfect or master this art of public speaking. And, and, and this is why I'm here. I'm on this planet to make people think and laugh. Boom, that's it. At the moment, I'm really bad at it, but it has so much potential. So let's do this. This was such a game, like a life changer for me, for sure. Edutainment. I love that word. You're, you come from an academic background. You worked in the education sector for many years. Do you think, and, I, and this is a leading question, but do you think that our educators today, especially at the university level, which I've got to couch this and be very careful because I work in a university as a professor, but do you think we get it, the whole value and power of edutainment? Or do you think in a sense, again, leading question, part two, that we're kind of stuck in the past that, you know, the professor gets up and opens up their notes and blows the dust out of them and, (laughs) and does, ah, this is lesson 51 from five years ago. And I'm just going to rehash it today. And let's talk Immanuel Kant and away we go. (laughs) Ooh, uh, let me start that way. I think it's never good to generalize and it's never good to put people based on, on, on gender or their skin color or their passport or because of their industry or job that they work in to put them onto a pod and say, they're all the same. They're all bad or they're all good or they're all inspiring. So having said that, I know more than a handful of teachers, educators, Uh, professors who do a phenomenal job. Mm. I heard about this dude called James in Dubai. He's amazing. (laughs) Like seriously, like his students remember him even after 10 years, 15 years, because he puts in so much energy and craziness and creativity and love and, and different scenarios and different areas where he teaches people. And he's a great example. But he's not the only one. I, I know people in the US who do that. I know people in Australia who do that. I know people in Germany who do that. And I believe there are not enough individuals who have the, the courage, mm. the I, I think it's a courage thing because don't tell me that you don't have time to do that. Uh, and, and don't tell me that, yeah, well, blah, 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 blah. this is usually the reason. So maybe we all need to work a little bit more on ourselves and embrace our own craziness, character, vibe, style, color, whatever it is. Because if we all loved and accepted ourselves a little bit more, I think we would be a little bit funnier or we would be a little bit more creative. We would be a little bit different. But a lot of us are still so obsessed with what will other people think? Mm -hmm. And, oh, if that person judges me or if that person says that, I could lose my job. Or if that person thinks this, I could da-da-da-da-da. So we're so... Like a lot of our thinking very often is fear-based and and I believe we're wired in a way from thousands and millions of years ago that we, the urge to belong and the urge to be part of the group is incredibly fundamental for all of us. And the fear of being left out and dying at least a, a, a death in a society or in a company or in a group, that, that idea is so painful that... A lot of people don't have the courage to be an edutainer, to be a clown, to be different, to be unique, to use color, to change the voice when they speak, to to be different. So I wish 
that there would be more diversity and 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 yeah, more courageous people in the educational sector. Let me phrase it that way. I always laugh when I I talk to my students and I, I compare the way we teach. And, and fortunately I, I get to teach public speaking and professional presentation to students. And it's, it's tough, Natalia, it is so tough because they're mm. so locked in. You know what you you're teaching these, these, these business professionals, they're so locked into this is the way you do it. And I'm going, are you kidding me? No. <laughs> I, I keep saying to them, you know, can you remember anything that a professor says? And the, and you know, most of them say no, or can you remember anything that this, and, and I say, but can you remember what you just watched on YouTube? And can you remember? And they go, you know, and I always take the example of, of young kids that you put on. And I remember my own kids, I would put on a little bit of SpongeBob and they could remember everything that all of those characters said the first time, but could they remember, wow. could they remember their, their social studies class? Nothing. And I'm going, well, there you go. Why, why is it they can remember that? It's because they care. It attracts their attention and it's locking them in. And, and it, it sort of got me thinking about this whole idea. And, and you and I totally ascribe to this is that we're, we're living in an era where we really need to be thinking about our personal brand and how yeah. that brand says so much about it. And, and in our own ways, you and I both ascribe to this very, very well with, you know, in some ways being a little bit of outlier outliers in that, you know, I'm looking at you and you've got your, so, you know, you've got your, your blue is, is your color. You've got the glasses on, you've got your red lipstick, you've got your long hair and, you know, you are Natalia and that's you. And, and that's, you know, you, you've created this brand. When people see you, they get, they get the, the wacky, the funky, the, you know, the switched on, the focused, but someone who's very much in the, the present and very much happy with who they are. And that's the, the brand permeates everything you do. How, how challenging is it for you to help people to realize that their personal brand is so important to everything they're doing in their career? Yeah, it's a tricky one because a lot of individuals, they approach me and say, I don't need a personal brand. I don't have a personal brand. You know, branding, that's what you do with cows. Basically, you take something and it's like like an iron. I'm like, whoa, let's start all over again. If you allow me to share my perception of personal branding. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. You have three and a half minutes. I'm like, cool. Well, there's Jeff Bezos, you know, this guy who founded Amazon and you don't need to like him or not, but he said that your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room, which means that you have a personal brand if you like it or not, because your personal brand is how you speak, what you wear, how you make people feel, what others say about you. Uh, It is your clothes, it is your social media content, it's your podcast, it's everything. It's basically the whole impression. I mean, some people call it self-marketing, some people call it impression management. Some people call personal branding a career insurance. And career you know insurance. what? Nowadays, it, it, it doesn't matter if you go on a date or if you have your first job interview, the likeliness that somebody will Google your name mm. is very, very high. And you have a problem in two cases. Number one, I don't find anything about you. And, you know, we live in 2020, so it's a little bit suspicious. How are you that I don't find you online? I mean, are you a psychopath? Are you a weirdo? Or do you just live a super boring life? No matter what it is, the first impression is negative. And that's that's not good because we want to work with cool people. We want to date cool people. So ah, first impression, terrible. Okay. The other way, you also have a problem when I only find material that doesn't serve you, you know, mm. you at the pool party last week, oh, maybe even holding a glass of red wine, oh, that, especially in the, in the Emirates, could be a problem. So why don't you actively choose to design a personal brand that is aligned with your goals? Take the reins of readership back into your hands and ask yourself, how do I want to be perceived? How do I want to make people feel? What do I stand for? What do I stand against? Who am I serving? What am I good at? How do I want to be remembered? What kind of impact do I want to make on this planet? How can I make sure that when people think of me, they think blank? You know, this is what it's all about. I mean, Shakespeare once said, 
or asked, what if life is just a stage and we are all just actors and we need the applause of others? What if that is true? I recently heard a conversation between Kevin Hart and um, Joe Rogan. And Kevin Hart, (laughs) great comedian, great entrepreneur, uh, actor. He went from literally the bottom to to filling stadiums. And he said that he believes that life has a game-like character or it's like it's it's game-like and i was like wow that's true and it's basically the same stuff that shakespeare said just in other words so you need to evolve and you need to become a better version of yourself for every next level you're in and personal branding for me is a tool a communications tool or self-leadership tool to always ask yourself where am i right now Is it still serving me? If not, where do I need to go? How can I become better? How can I help more people? What am I doing wrong with the way how people perceive me? So everybody who literally wants to make the most out of his life or her life or career, first impression, social media appearance needs to work on their personal brand. Because if you don't do that, well, then you turn into a passive victim of the opinions <laughs> of others. So I want, to, I want to dive into the opinions of others. How do, how do we put up the shield? What, what do you suggest to people? Because even when you get your brand out there, you're going to get folks to say, oh, you're not professional. Oh, that's not the way it's done. Oh, you're just putting on a show. Oh, you know, you know, all the things you've heard them, the the red lipstick, the, oh, if you don't wear the glasses, oh, you know, oh, you're too pretty to be doing this. And oh, can you really be an academic? And oh, can you, it's like, come on. Yeah. How do you, what, what is, how do you shield that negativity? You know, what's your, what's your strategy and how, how might I be able to adopt that strategy? And maybe a few people who are listening. Oh, sure. (laughs) I believe in in becoming so great and so kind and so funny and so positive and so inspiring that your haters turn into your friends. Mm. So create so much content, write books, create podcasts, create videos, infographics, whatever, like literally bombard people with your ideas in whatever shape or form serves you that when people Google you, literally the first 10, let's make it the first 15 or 20 entries are all about you helping, you sharing your expertise, you giving back, you over-delivering, you caring, you listening, you just just giving your best to, to, to go all out there and not expect anything in return. Mm-hmm. And when you do that for enough for for a period of time and it's different for everybody else right for some people it's six months for some people it's a year depends on your industry people will realize that i think we human beings are super fascinating on the one Mm. side i think we're amazing and super cool and wow on the other side i think we're just terrible and stupid and primitive (laughs) i I have a hate love relationship with human beings is this all going on in your head at the same time it's going (laughs) it is it is this is why i'm so crazy because i have these two voices all the time "Ah." um so i believe that people are smart when it comes to that they see through you if Mm. if they see if they sense if they smell if, if they if they see that you care they will resonate with you. They will send you messages. They will send you emails. They will talk to their friends. They will recommend you. They will um, start creating stuff for you, like like drawings or videos. And mm. and this is what matters. I mean, there will always be haters. Um, but usually somebody who's really a hater or a troll comes from a point of being so hurt mm. and so not liking himself or herself that that person believes, hey, if I blow out your light and your candle, my light will shine brighter. <laughs> so this for me is scarcity mindset. It doesn't make sense. Scarcity so, mindset. I love that. I love that yeah, saying. Yeah. How, did, how did you get into LinkedIn? When did LinkedIn become an obvious path to take the Think Natalia idea, the Think Natalia mindset another way? So I started my blog in 2015 and I realized, okay, when you have a blog, you need people you know, to get to that blog. So what do you do? So you have two options. Number one, you place ads. It's like, oh my God, no, placing ads. I don't know how to do that. And I didn't want to invest money into that because I was like, nah, you know, I was just 
away for nine months. I don't want to touch my savings. Okay. The other option is social media. So I asked all of my friends and I was like, okay, what kind of social media platform do you use? And especially here in the Middle East, it was like Instagram, Instagram. I'm not going to kill Instagram. It is. Um, and I tried it. I gave my best and I realized, well, people just look at my pictures and they say things like, oh, you're pretty. You're beautiful. Mm. Mm, I love these lipstick. I love the lipstick. I love these shoes. You're so amazing. Oh, you know, can I marry you? And stuff like this. And I realized, <laughs> ah, that doesn't work. Why? Why? Because 72% of all Instagram users are teenagers so i was mm. like okay wrong target group then i also used facebook but i had the feeling that for some reason also people didn't resonate with it then i realized okay then i need to use another platform so what else was there there was twitter and i was terrified by using twitter because i heard about twitter wars and mm. how emotional it is and how how people you know get into shit storms i was like no 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 no, no. forget it not doing that Okay, what else did we have? We had YouTube, but I was at that stage where I wasn't able to speak in front of people, camera, oh, no! So the only thing that was left was LinkedIn. And so I said, you know what, let's just test it and do it. And I was posting content for maybe maybe two years. And then one of my posts went viral. And then within three months, another post went viral. Uh, and then my followers grew like from 3,000 to 18,000, from 18,000 to 30,000. And I mean, today I reached 82,000 people. Wow, congratulations on that. That's fantastic. And all of that organically. I mean, I, I say to people, listen, um, I don't create content because I need your likes to feel validated or I need that for my self-confidence or some nonsense. No, for me, when I post content, for me, every piece of content is like a mini stage. And okay. I do that to help you, to inspire you. And if you want to talk to me, then comment. Because when you comment, you get on my stage. And through this, we create a forum. So every post is a mini forum where people can meet to, uh, to find business collaborations, where people can meet to become friends. I mean, I even have people who met on my platform who are now a couple. This wow, is that's, that's crazy. Love it. <laughs> so this is what it's all about. This is when I realized LinkedIn is the thing for sure. Is is there a downside to social media? I mean, you've talked about it a little bit with the trolls and that, but is, do you? It, maybe the question is better phrased as: Is going all in on one platform like LinkedIn with your blog that connects through? Is that for for you? It's a great strategy. Generally speaking, do you think that makes sense for people to really focus their efforts and and I guess it requires people to know what they want to be doing and to and to have an idea. This is my path, and I I think in in sort of in two ways. You see a lot of people who are splattered across all sorts of social media. Maybe they don't have a focus. Maybe they don't know what they want to do. Maybe that's part of their problem when they look at it and go, "Oh, I'm not getting the success I want." Yeah, so there are two approaches, right? I mean, there are people like Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone who are all about omnipresence. You yeah. need to be everywhere on TikTok and on Twitter and on Snapchat and on whatever. And yes, in an ideal world, that would be true. But people like Grant Cardone or Huda Beauty here, right? Or, or Gary Vaynerchuk, they have a team. They yeah. have a social media team of five, <laughs> six, seven people full time who create content for them. So don't compare yourself to these people, especially not in the beginning, because it's just overwhelming. I don't know about you, but this would terrify me. I yeah. wouldn't get started if I knew I need to create content here and there and there and there and there and there. No. So I believe in an approach that is a little bit easier or softer in the beginning. So ask yourself, who is your ideal target audience? And no matter what you do, you always have a target audience. Mm. If you um, have your own job, if uh, business, if you have a freelance, if you are a freelancer, if you look for a job, you will like there will be a specific type of person that you know is is your ideal customer or employer. Ask yourself where this person spends his or her time on. How old are these people? So figure out which social media platform they use most and also ask yourself, what kind of content do I really like creating? If you're great in writing, write articles. 
If you have a beautiful voice and love speaking, create a podcast. If you're great in drawing, you know, maybe do infographics. If you are great in video editing, create videos. Mm -hmm. So find a platform that allows you to express this kind of creativity on it. So find this balance between where are my clients and what kind of content do I like creating? And then go all in on one platform and literally put in all of the time and love and energy and money and whatever make the money, get the money, then hire somebody who takes that over so you can focus on the next one. Mm. And, you know, then you learn how the next platform works and then you hire another person or you take the first one and say, hey, can you take that platform over as well? So, you know, the, the person you hired then turns into a social media coordinator. Um, and the more you play with social, the more you realize it's somewhat the same with with certain specifics on that platform but the basic idea is the same stand out find your own way of being different be provocative in your way use color use video start conversations listen add value that is true for every social media platform you just need to then know how the algorithm on these platforms work how to tweak it whatever so start like this but also make sure as we talk in digital, that you do not only use social media, but also maybe, um, you know, ads at a certain stage, or you can also use um, email marketing, or you can also hire an SEO expert, because you don't just want to use one social media channel, but also use different channels. And you don't need to do that on your own, you can always hire an expert, an agency, whatever. But all of this will help you you know, achieving the results that you want to achieve. And this is when we really talk business and it's a new way of, of, um, yeah, making money and allowing you to design the lifestyle and, and, and career that, that you can have and that you deserve. How, how do you, how do you talk to someone who is still working their job? They're a marketing person or they're an, uh, you know, a, a salesperson or maybe they're a, a CIO chief information officer, but they've got this dual identity that, that is kind of working its way through on social media. They've got their feet in both doors and because they've got their feet in both, both doors, both careers you know they're not really giving all to the social side and maybe their passion and they i mean it's kind of like where you were right and they've got their foot in the the corporate world because of the security maybe but they really want to be in the other world How, how do you talk to them about making the choice and sort of saying you can keep doing what you're doing but ultimately success comes when you concentrate and focus. How do you guide them through that conundrum that's going on in their head? And I kind of think of it as sort of the, you know, the boxing match in their brain, the, the, the good yeah. side and the bad side, the success side, the, the fear side. The, how, do you, how do you work with those people? So, I mean, when you talk to individuals, everybody will understand just after a few minutes that when you put a lot of energy and focus on one thing, that thing will grow faster. It's just like, you don't need to be a genius to understand that if you do one thing and you put all of your time into that, that will grow faster. If you have to split your attention between A and B, it will grow slower and there will be a little bit of fraction or discomfort when you swap from this to this, especially when in one world, you really need to change almost everything that you are to fit in, to do whatever needs to be done, and then to express yourself in your fullest. So people get that pretty fast. And I do believe that it's possible to have a side hustle, as people call it. So side you know, hustle, yeah, that's job, it. Side hustle, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it is possible. It's just a little bit tougher. And then it also depends on other factors in your life. Do you have a family um, that you need to look after? Are mm. you dependent on that money, on that income? Okay, if that's something, it's also important. If not, I mean, congratulations. Might make it a little bit easier. What is crucial is to understand or to have a look at how you spend money and mm. how much money you need per month, not want, need. So I always recommend start with an Excel sheet or take an app because there's so many apps out there and punch in the numbers. Everything that you buy 
every month. It doesn't matter if it's the, the latte here and the, I don't know what, bar over there. Write it down. And at the end of the month, like do that for one month, two months, and then have a look and put these expenses into categories. And have a look where you're literally wasting money because you're mm. buying stupid stuff <laughs> that you don't need because of pain, because of boredom, or because you want to impress other people. That is painful. And it takes courage to do that. But people, when they look at it, it's usually, again, eye-opening. It's a game changer. And then make the active commitment that you don't waste that money instead of the urge to come through. Because that's the way how we have been wired. We believe, we have been brainwashed <clears throat> in a way that we believe whenever we feel down or negative or whatever, the answer to that problem is on the outside. Instead of going inside and fixing that on the inside through meditation, breath work, mm. letting go, forgiving, maybe going for a walk or doing some exercise, getting a cuddle, a hug, whatever. We believe, no, if I buy something, it will be away. Let me buy something. Like the 50th pair of <laughs> shoes or the, <laughs> like the 80th lipstick. Oh, now the problem is gone. I got a, you know, a, a, a hit, a, a hormonal hit. Now all of these hormones are floating through my body. Ah, oh, good. Like a little addict. So that's what we want to avoid. Now you know how much money do you need per month. Okay, fine. When you have a family, speak to your family and say, listen, I want to go all in into following my passion because my job is killing me. I hate it. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't live like this anymore. And you can see the way how I am that I'm not happy in that job. So I um, will continue in this job for blank. And it's important. You decide how long you're still going to stay in that job. When you don't have a deadline, you're never going to leave. Set that deadline. Three more months, six more months, one more year. And what is important that we as a family, when you have a family, are smarter with money. So now we don't do this, but once per month we do that. Are we cool? We are a team. We're in this together. And you know what? If my second business then kicks off, I'll have so much more time. I'll be happier. I'll be healthier. I can spend more time with you. And then we can also, you know, do these things that we used to do in the past. I think that's one of the most honest and most sustainable ways of doing it. So then do your job, get the money safe, don't invest it into stupid stuff, and then put a lot of your time and energy into that side hustle. Make sure that it grows and grows and grows, that you get more clients here. So the day you resign, you can sustain your business and life with a new job. This is the perfect example <laughs> in a perfect world. Well, what, what do you do, Natalia, to, to keep yourself focused? Because you can't, I mean, look, you're, you're full of energy. You're very optimistic. You've been through the cycles a bit, little bit. We don't all wake up every day just, woohoo! How do you keep yourself grounded and keep yourself, personally, keep yourself focused on, on where things are going? I learned something incredibly powerful earlier this year when Dr. Joe Dispenza was here in town. He had like a five-day retreat, and he said that a lot of us, we walk through our day or through our week or through life kind of expecting other people or circumstances to make us happy. Mm. We, we think that happiness is on the outside. So we're kind of waking up and like, I hope something beautiful and, and amazing will happen today. I want to be happy. I just, I just hope. So we're kind of like a, like a sucker for external circumstances to make us happy. And that was, that was incredible. Like when I understood that, like really, really understood that, I said, okay, cool. So what's the solution? And Dr. Joe Dispenza said, every morning when you wake up, you make the active decision to be happy. You mm. choose that this is going to be the greatest day in your life. How do you do that? By feeling gratitude. Have, you know, take a piece of paper and write down all of the things that you're grateful for. You have electricity. You have Wi-Fi. You, you're healthy. You have a great family. You have a job. Um, you know, you live in an area where there's no war. You live mm. in a time where you can express yourself. You um, have the time to, to go for a walk. You have a dog. You have healthy parents. Whatever it is, <laughs> like open your eyes towards gratitude and 
go through that feeling and acknowledge it. And that will kind of fill up your inner tank and create awareness for all of the things that, that are there that are amazing. And gratitude is also quite fascinating because it's when you're grateful, you're also in a state of receivership. Mm. So even if that's all not there, you're kind of vibrating positivity and yes, and it's there and whatever. So when you do that every morning before you go out there, you kind of, um, how can I say that? Uh, kind of elevated your vibration to the next level, you're positive, and you will not do stupid things because you already got your dose of happiness and the happiness is on the inside. Mm. So that will make you smarter with what you do during the day. So when I know I need to achieve this, 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 I'm going to do it. And I will be less distracted and run less behind stupid things that have nothing to do with what I want to do just because I didn't get my daily dose of happiness. Yeah. It is that simple. And it's crazy how little people understand that. I, I, going back to something else you said that connects with happiness. I've met some, some great folks over the years and a couple of them that I've, I, you know, you keep in touch with those people, as you said, those people that sort of feed the positive energy around you and those people that don't, it's like abandon them as quickly as you can. You just get rid of them, yeah. cut them loose. And, it, and that can really make them feel angry when you say, look, you know what? I, I just can't deal with you anymore. You, you know, you bring me down and I, I just, I can't live in that world. But one of the things I've noticed with people who are happy about themselves is they've come to realize, hey, you know what? I'm good at this. So it might be like, like you know, I, I podcast, I do audio. And someone said, hey, you need to do video. And, and you know what? I played with video and I do a little bit of video, but I'm terrible at video. And the thing is why I'm terrible at it is I don't enjoy doing it. Like I don't enjoy, be, you know, I'll, I, you know, Hey, let's be honest. I'll put a few things up on YouTube and I'll, I'll play around with it, but going out and saying, I'm going to be the video guy and I'm going to make videos and I'm going to help to edit these. It's like, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy the process. I don't enjoy the visual nature of it. I enjoy sound. And the day that, and I'm speaking in my case, but I deal with some folks who are dealing in, in other visual things and, and other uh, representation things. As soon as they realize, it's like, I don't have to be, you're good at that, not me, but I'm good at what I do. And I'm going to stick with what I do because it makes me happy and not try and put my feet in all these other ponds. Those people are the happiest and most gracious people to be around because they're comfortable in their own skin and they're not trying to be other things. And as soon as they can look at stuff and they might listen to it and say, hey, that's really good. How'd you do that? Or, yeah, that's really good. And, hey, look what I've done. I've re I, And as you said, then people start repurposing stuff for you and they start saying, hey, you know what? I can make you a little thing or I can make you a little bit of that. And as soon as you go down that route... It's amazing. And this sort of ties into my creative mornings activity. You're going to love this one. I don't know if you know this about creative mornings. So uh, we are, we are, it's, we're six year, we're, we're on our six year. We're heading up to seven years of doing creative mornings in Dubai. Whoa. And I know it's pretty cool. 100% volunteer. All right. So I know, and this is Dubai. So you start thinking the Emirates, 100% volunteer across the board, the best part of creative mornings. And I, I think I have to write this somewhere. I got to write this up is we've never, ever had a budget. So we do creative mornings with zero budget for going on seven years. We have no money. And the whole thing is funded through the generosity of the volunteers. So, you know, someone who's really good with graphics, they say, you know, they're professional quality. Hey, we'll do those for you. And then someone rocked up and said, hey, you know, you need to do headshots of all your people. I do it for a living. I'll do them for you. Hey, you need, you need a spot? come and use our spot and you need food, we'll supply the food, use our spot. And, and it's always, well, what do you want in return? It's like, just let people know where you do it. And it's like, okay. Yeah. And we've done that over and over again. And again, it's, it's all these people who are comfortable with themselves and it's, it, yeah. it, it, everyone starts to feed off each other. And it's, it's literally what you're talking about with this positive energy that just starts to flow. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing when it, when it all comes together. Absolutely. And we can achieve so much more in a team, in a tribe, in however you want to call it. But I don't know what it is. I think it's, again, <laughs> this 
maybe this idea that it's all about competition maybe. and you always need to uh, watch out because your competition is raining that as well. Yeah. If I mean, the idea of competition is healthy sure. and, and it's good that it's out there because it also motivates you to grow. But why don't we find new ways of collaborating? Yeah. And if, if you realize that you're too similar to another person, well, then maybe it's time for, for some kind of um, repositioning so make sure that you tap even more into what you do, which is different from what your competition does. Find ways how to support each other. You, you won't believe how many LinkedIn expert coaches, trainers I know, and we literally, you know, forward clients to each other. If there is somebody who says, hey, I want to know something about LinkedIn ads. I'm like, I'm not the ads person. I'm really good at personal branding. Go to the ads person. If there's somebody who's like, hey, uh, I want to do personal branding. And he or she approached a LinkedIn pages person. The LinkedIn pages person will say, hey, I know Natalia. And so within your own discipline, but also with other disciplines, as you said, you know, partner up with a videographer, partner up with a photographer, partner up with a graphic designer, partner up with a color consultant, partner up with a venue, partner up with a food delivery, as you mm. said, and ask yourself, how can we add more value? Yeah. Because Business is not done between businesses. It's not like, oh, there's a company and this does business for a company. Business is done between people, people we know, like, and trust. And your personal brand, your content, the, the stuff that you do for free is a phenomenal tool to build these relationships. And I think that in the end, life is also all about beautiful relationships and experiences. I think those people who live the most profound and, and happy and content lives are those people who helped others, who, who were in their own version of flow, who connected people, who had great memories, and who said, you know what? It's cool. I, I lived to the <laughs> fullest. I gave my best. There are social studies that say that being on your own is more toxic or the other way around. How did they say it? I think if you're on your own, if you feel lonely, if you don't have community, if you don't have a group, that equates to smoking 15 cigarettes no. per day. Really? Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Think about it. Uh, We're social beings. I, I want to fire this one to you because I'm curious to your opinion, your take on it. We've, we've gone through uh, 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 the first stage of a COVID reset in business, in consumption of content, etc. We're now going into a second phase where we're starting to go back to work a little bit. We're starting to rethink the business models. We're starting to rethink our own personal likes and dislikes. Do you think that people generally are taking advantage of this opportunity that's been presented to them or are they more likely do you think to just sort of try and slip back into the comfort zone of of what we came from before we had this covid reset opportunity I think it always depends on the individual mm. I see so many people who finally took this time, this new freedom, this new flexibility to really ask themselves these painful questions. Am I happy with my job? Yeah. Is this how I want to live? What is important to me? You know, maybe I finally work on that side hustle, on that thing, what I wanted to do. Maybe I finally start doing yoga. Maybe I finally start meditation. Maybe I finally stop smoking, whatever it is. So I know a lot of people who said yes to that and who actively committed and who you know who take uh, to make the most out of mm. it and maybe even benefit it from from that whole situation i know quite a few stories of people who said um you know what i know it's terrible to say and it's politically incorrect but covid was the best thing that could ever happen to my business i know a woman who needs to hire six new people wow. i know a business that needs to hire 20 new people because they were growing so massively so there are a lot of winners and a lot of people who actively said yes. Mm. But as with everything in life, of course, are also individuals who decided to be passive victim of the circumstances and just think, poor me, poor me. Of course, it also depends on your industry. Sure. It depends on your age. It depends on your gender. It depends on the country that you live in. Uh, it depends on the whole social system. What happens if you, you know, if, if, if you don't have a job, um, like if you may, if you were made redundant, it depends on 
you know, how, how you are as, as a person, like where you in that same job for 20 years and you never really touched a new book because you were sure that you're going to stay in that job forever and now they made you redundant. Well, such a person, of course, is in a total different situation um, than somebody who is like, oh, I always read new stuff and I, you know, I'm creative, I want to do things. I think that um, we all were forced to reevaluate who we are and how we work and, and how we function. And those people who have enough self-awareness and who put in the energy and the time will definitely benefit from it or find new ways. Mm. And those who, who don't, don't. And I think... I think it's complicated, I, I isn't believe. it? It's a real it's complicated. complicated. Yeah. I don't think that we will ever live in a world where everybody will make the most out of him or herself, where everybody will be healthy, where everybody will be successful. I just don't think it works. We human mm. beings are like the systems that we've created and all of that. It's impossible, but at least we can increase the percentage of individuals who take ownership of their life. You, you've been talking a lot about yoga and chakras and just being not only healthy on the physical side, but healthy on our internal side. That That's something that I'm hearing more and more of today. And but maybe it's because of the group of people I'm around, because in general, when I start talking to folks who are doing things, those areas of their lives are not things at all that they're concentrating on. And as I listen to them more and more, I, I really think they're missing a whole stream, a whole pillar of their their personal well-being mix. And it's it's kind of like wow you know what you got to you got to do something about that but you can't tell someone that they need to in a sense figure it out you can just show them how you've benefited and hope that they follow along and I'm always surprised at how people go oh no I couldn't you know you might say look you need to do some yin yoga a couple times a week and and you need to do this because and they go oh no I can't do yoga I don't have the time I don't have this it's like all right <laughs> that that whole pillar that you're talking about becomes so so important yet is so underutilized and and activated absolutely i can see that okay the tone was a little bit funny for a moment but i think it's 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 good again um i think that we don't learn or we are not taught from the early stages on that being successful and being happy is an inside and outside job. Mm. So we believe, as I mentioned earlier, that it is all about the outside. Get a new car, get a new house, get a new pair of shoes, get like move to a new city, move to a new country and everything will be all right. And that doesn't work. It's really... Like, like you need to create space for yourself and you need to be healthy with your body and with your mind and with your soul. And when you focus on this, I think that will also have a big impact on the outside world. I really believe that what you think and how you feel kind of manifests on your outside. I know it sounds a little bit weird, but read the secret. I mean, listen to other people. It is interconnected. And you will also be a kinder person, a nicer person. You'll have so much more fun if you're nice to yourself. And I mean, I don't know if there is an afterlife. I don't know how God looks like, if there is a God and, and how you call that entity. But I do believe that um, we're here on this planet to make the most out of ourselves. And um, maybe our body is just a vehicle. It's, it's basically like a car. So you want to look after your car. I mean, because maybe you have a soul and the soul is temporarily in this body. And then once you die, that soul goes somewhere else. Maybe not. I don't know. But this is at least what I assume. So we, we invest so much time and energy into, you know, pimping our cars and making it more fancy and getting amazing tint and, and, and new rims and whatever. But how often do you look and take care of your body? The right food, enough sleep, exercise, all of that has an impact on the quality of your life 
definitely on your longevity and through that on on your mood and and on on on, on your relationships and your career so look after that body definitely and then also look after your your soul do something that you want to do be creative dance sing uh, paint just do something to express your yourself it will make a difference one of the things uh, that uh, as you've been talking over the last hour i keep hearing that you're you're really a, a, a practitioner of reinvention and this mm-hmm. constant need to reinvent where do you see yourself going in the next five years natalia Great question. So I want to spend more time in Europe because a lot of my friends and clients, for some reason, are now in Europe. And I realized if I'm there, let's say for three months or so, then I will definitely get more opportunities. So I want to spend more time in Europe and and see what that leads to. I don't know, maybe more speaking gigs, you know, if everything um, opens up. I definitely want to learn more about the art of humor and comedy <laughs> because I want to I want to be funnier and I want to use humor to talk about the things that are so taboo nowadays that almost nobody has the courage to talk about it and because of that we are dumbing down as a society and there's more hate and there are more careers that are torn apart just because somebody said something that was there to make us think the people didn't understand it. So I want to master the art of, of humor and comedy to find new ways to create beautiful discussions that make us all a little bit kinder and less judgmental. And let's see where that goes. Will I turn into a stand-up comedian? I'm not sure. But there's a part of me who's like, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. You need to do it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We'll see. We'll see. But I definitely want to learn more about humor, do more fun stuff, uh, do also more funny videos. Um, yeah, I love your videos. Are, I, I do love your videos. They they always make me laugh and smile. And I think that is the, you know, the energy is there. It's just fun. They're just fun to watch. You never know where they're going to go. Although there's a clear exactly. path where they're going, but you're always wondering, okay, hold on. Is she just going to deviate? Is this going off in wacky direction? And that wacky is the fun thing. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So more me being more me having more courage to be more me. Um, and I think it's also a maturity thing. I think the older you get when, when you work on yourself, the less you care about what people think <laughs> when you also build a business that really gets you the money that pays your employees that allows you to have the lifestyle. I think with every milestone you reach, you mm. become more you. And I've also recently heard, which is super cool, the older you get as a woman, the more you lo- lose uh, estrogen and the more testosterone you get, which means you will turn a little bit more into a man. And men, <laughs> men tend to be a little bit more like, take me as I am. I'm awesome. I don't care about what other people think. So I'm like, oh, I can't wait to turn 40 and 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 because I will be a crazy person that just says exactly what she wants without caring about anything like all this political correctness i don't think i've ever heard any woman excited about menopause and and testosterone being a uh, a, an, an added factor to the hormones that's very interesting I am. <laughs> bring it on but let me enjoy my 30s first it's okay Oh, Natalia, this has been a lot of fun. Honestly, this has really been fun. And I I look forward to doing this again and and just, you know, collaborating in some way, shape or form. Who knows how that'll happen? But I I have a sense that that we will be doing something again really soon. And uh, you know, that's, that's where we live, right? That's the world we're in. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, we we got to do it again. And by get, yes. we, you're on LinkedIn. Can you give us the where where are, can others find you if they want to find more about Natalia? The Think Natalia. You've you've even got your your own book in English and German. It's out there. Yes, it's available. Exactly. 
ta-da! There's a German version, there's an English version. It's called Personal Branding with LinkedIn or Personal Branding with LinkedIn, depending on uh, which language you speak. It's available on Amazon and you can find me on LinkedIn, as you said, under Dr. Natalia Wiechowski. Or if you want to see, you know, a little bit behind the scenes, what I do and, you know, everyday life, then you find me on Instagram at ThinkNatalia. So yeah, if, if you have any questions relating to LinkedIn, personal branding, whatever, anything we talked about today, just send me a direct message and I give my best to oh, help out. Uh, it sounds to me like we need your help like that. That At the end of the day, we really need your help because our personal brands are in a mess. But yet, as you've, as you've pointed out, it's not so hard to get them under control. You just got to get your head in the right spot and trust you. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. Trust yourself. Allow yourself to live a good life. Allow yourself to be amazing. Allow yourself to to attract good people and opportunities. Understand that you are valuable. Understand that you are beautiful. Understand that you're amazing. I mean, this is this is the most important stuff. Give yourself permission to to be awesome. And if you can't do it on your own, which is okay, then get a coach. You know, get a psychologist, get a mentor, do whatever. I work with so many experts in that field and and it's okay. You're not weak by asking for help. You're strong because you understand there is more to life and that you can have it and that you deserve it. There we go. You've been listening to Catching Up and my conversation with Dr. Natalia. Wow, as all I can say, LinkedIn evangelist, author, the Middle East leading edutainer, and someone who can truly help you find your inner you. You want to find out more about what we do here on Potaholics? www.potaholicswithak.com or find us across the socials. Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you again really, really soon.